Today on Maximum Role Entertainment Podcast, we have Brent Marquis joining us from Anaconda, Montana. He is a fantasy book author, podcaster, and Dungeons and Dragons game master. Welcome, good sir. All around awesome dude. Yeah, that too. So, uh, welcome to the first episode, and you get to be the lucky test pilot. Hooray. Glad to be here. I love being uh, the test dummy. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, a little something. Me and Brent, we we actually know each other. It's not a surprise or anything, but uh, why not have a good friend be your first uh, interviewee? So uh, we'll go ahead and dive right into it. So uh, how how long have you been playing D and D for? Oh, uh, it's almost twenty years now. It'll be next year. It'll be twenty. Um, yeah. I started in two thousand one. Uh, the end of 2001 when I met you at Job Corps in Springfield, Oregon. Oh, yeah, Springfield, Oregon. Mm. Yeah, we both met and uh, we started playing. Well, I was, I've was i been playing D&D for about 30 years, so you came in uh, at a good time. That's that's a good, uh, good 20 years of uh, D&D. That's got to be um, pretty impressionable for you. Yeah, it was a good start. I had tried and wanted to, wanted to play before then. Had never really had the opportunity. Well, yep. Kids in, in town where I lived, the books, but we never got around to doing anything with them. Yeah, man. So o- over your twenty years of gaming, um, you, you've uh, you've joined a podcast. Tell, tell us about this uh, podcast you joined. Yeah, uh, this guy that I knew from way back when <laughs> was like, "Hey, I'm doing this podcast." that's going to be kind of like D&D with a little bit of Borderlands and other things mixed in. And I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. Uh, you know, if you need anything, keep me posted. And a little while later, you were like, oh, hey, uh, you want to play? And I was <laughs> like, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah after, <laughs> after I found about um, a few hundred people are interested, I'm like, oh, I need someone that I know <laughs> to, to be in the mix. And I was like, I wonder if Brent will do it. He'll do it. He'll do anything. And then about <laughs> Mike, three, <he'll> do it. <laughs> took about three weeks, but uh, yeah, you, uh, we started uh, Crumpets and Kerosene uh, a year ago. Um, we started recording a year ago and we didn't actually publish until, ooh, I think it was Fly or August? No, you're right. Yeah, it's been, you know, we recorded the first uh, episode about three times. Uh, first time we just forgot to hit yeah. record. <laughs> uh, we have character changes, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, so um, I guess that went into what got you to getting into the podcast. Uh, how, how do you, you know, how's it been treating you? What do you feel like? How, what are your feelings on being on a podcast versus sitting around a table um just playing with your friends yeah tell us about so your far, it's been entertaining like i said i've uh, enjoyed entertainment uh, for most of my life i've done plays and thought about streaming and um, considered some youtube things i can do i'm still thinking about doing some of that stuff but i haven't ever gotten around to it um I think we got a good group of people though for the podcast and we seem to have a good schedule going down we record every week or every couple weeks 
Um, and I think we're doing pretty good so far. I mean, people seem to be enjoying it. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I think we've uh, we got a good consistent amount of uh, recorded content we put out every week. I don't think there's a week we've missed. Um, I have a, a pretty big backlog and, you know, podcasting, uh, it's been pretty new for everybody in the group. And I think, um, our, our group's pretty unique cause everybody's all over the world, you know, uh, some are in, uh, Norway, Germany, uh, East coast, West coast. Um, it's, it's pretty, pretty hectic, but you know, we're making it work. Um, how do you, how do you feel about doing it, um, you know, through a program versus sitting around the table? How's, how's that gaming experience been? Oh, I definitely prefer in-person gaming. I think COVID has made it though. So even local groups can't really do that. So it's one of those new normals that people need to get a, I mean, we started doing this, I guess, perfect time because you need to have a group that's online anyway. So might as well record it and send it out to people. Yeah, you know, I, I've noticed that myself just, you know, we started on a virtual table and a lot of the podcasts out there, a lot of D&D gaming podcasts always were around a table and they recorded as a group and, you know, they're dealing with those challenges of recording from their households where we started at that process. And I think yeah. it, it took, it took about five episodes for us to get in a good groove. Um, you know, that's what I always tell people. I'm like, Oh, start at episode five. <laughs> yeah. I think we I, needed to realize that we're needing to play a game also instead of just create a production yeah that's true the, you know those are the challenges of you know podcasting and then being a good podcaster you have to be a, a good gaming podcaster to be able to separate those two and you know find that line where it's perfect <laughs> yeah it takes a little bit but i think we got it down there's some times where we could we could make some adjustments and then uh you know instead of making it on you know the recording you know i get messages from folks and then we we make adjustments in post which that's you know in most games there's no post there's no editing of of stuff or changing the format to you know games so it's it's really done a number on uh dnd in in general when it comes to like groups of people playing together is now you can go back and listen to your campaigns, which is something I wish I could have done 20 years ago, like record right. our games. Yeah. It'd be fun to like relive those memories. Yeah. I think also the silent hero though here is like you doing all the editing and stuff because there's probably 30 to 40 minutes you cut out of each episode that's just like dead air or oh, yeah. random chatter. Uh, I think the biggest one was uh, the last episode I posted. Um, I cut an hour. Oh, <laughs> I was just like, oh, we went we went on a side rant and then we yeah. you know, everybody's like disappeared all of a sudden and you know, uh, network issues and then you know, you just that's one of those podcasting things that we just have to that a lot of like listeners they love it, but you know, there's a lot that goes into it and I still have fun playing D and D. I love doing it and I you know, try to make the content as the DM to to kind of work together with both 
the player and uh, the audience, which is actually a lot harder. Yeah, and some of those moments are fun and fun to leave in and stuff, but like, there's just a lot of stuff that doesn't need to be in there that yeah is good to make it a little run a little smoother. Yeah, that's a lot of that's like you know the typical around your table. You know, you don't think about those extra little things or the side rants or you know a cat jumping across the yeah you know <laughs> thing clicking on the keyboard the fun, and... though, of being like in person is like you can just bs with people and get them yep. together and have fun i've uh i've listened to some of the some of the other podcasts out there and you'll you hear a microwave in the background and they're still sitting around the table recording and i'm like oh they're still doing it the good old style you know that's the stuff you can't fix and, yeah uh, it still gives that 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 love of the yeah that Gary Gygax dream of having a group of friends sitting around the table together playing, you know, which is what the new, the new wave of digital. Um, and now we can bring it to everybody instead of, you know, your parents' basement <laughs> or the yeah, attic. It's awesome that other people can find enjoyment from what we're doing. Yeah. You know, that's, there's a lot of D and D podcasts out there right now. And, um i'm finding new ones every day and i'm like i don't have enough room to download all these people you know i have a my phone has 200 gigs of space and it's like 60 percent of my phone is podcast yeah i've uh recently been starting reading some web novels and i'm really impressed with some of the people that decide to just publish their work online for free every week and yeah. Uh, well, they have Patreons usually, and some of them make a lot of money with Patreon. But I, I'm thinking about doing like a side novel or two online just for fun. Yeah. Something that I don't have to like be so invested in that I need to have everything straight. Right. Right. You know, and you know, I'll, we'll we'll skip. You know, not skip, but we'll set aside the D and D talk for a second. Uh, you wrote a couple books actually about. Um, uh fantasy world what 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 are the name of the books and uh what'd you write about yeah i um i fell in love with fantasy uh, about the same time that um i mean i guess i fell in love a little earlier with things like dune and yeah uh, other things um but uh, around the same time that we met i when started playing dnd i began to develop a character named victor diaz Yep. Uh, and over a period of 10 years or so, I well developed the storyline and uh, was able to get the first book finally on paper all the way. Um, Which is amazing. At, yeah, it's it's crazy how like it doesn't feel like much when you've done it. Um, well, I mean, doing it over 10 years, it feels like a lot still, but once you've done it, you're like, yeah, it's okay. But then other people are like, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, it's just, it's in my head. I need to get it out. <laughs> yeah. Ever since you wrote the first book, um, I was like, ah, oh, that's really cool. I, I, you know, and I'll start, I'll get like 10 pages and I'm like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what <laughs> happens sometimes. Uh, uh, so I got the second one done and I was like, okay, I can start doing this better. But I realized that unless I have like, really good publishing um support and things i'm not going to make a living doing this so i decided to go back to college yeah uh, and try to 
figure out a way to make money while I do what I'm living and her loving. Um, but of course I decided to finish right as COVID hit. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's probably a good time to be a teacher or substitute teacher or whatever, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you, uh, did you get your, your degrees in, in story writing or, or anything like that? Or what do you uh, got? No, I got modern history and interdisciplinary social studies oh, with a focus on anthropology and sociology. Oh, um, right on. So I figured I could teach. I've, I've always wanted to teach a little bit. Uh, the first time I was going to college when you and I were roommates, I was thinking about doing psychology, but uh, I figured out that I was a little too crazy to make a good psychology. I got these fantasy books I got to write. I can't psychoanalyze yeah, exactly. anybody else. I got these books I got to do. I'm like, I don't have room in my head for <laughs> Start compartmentalizing like myself here. That I need to get out still. Yeah. What uh what are, what are the titles of the books? We'll we'll put those in at the uh, in the show notes too, so that people can look uh, those up. The first book is called Victor Diaz. Uh, it's the series is called The Heritage of the Blood. Okay. Uh, it's on Amazon, and the second book is called Vitosi Nai. They're both uh, Latin, though the first one is the character's actual name. Uh, right. it, you find out what it means in the book. And you'll also learn the title, what the title of the second one means in the book. Okay. Um, I still haven't finished the third one. It's been four years now since I put out the second one. Uh, but I did go to college and stuff. Um, but I have just about half of the book done. And I plan on getting it finished sometime in the next couple months. Yep. Uh, I finally have a place and a place to write that's comfortable. No, it's like a nine, you know, two and a half books, 99% more than everybody else around you. So you're doing yeah. pretty good. So. I see these people that are like publishing a book every couple months. And I'm like, I don't know how you do that. And I, I understand some of it because it's not as well thought out, I would say, as some books. Right. Um, and that's part of my idea of doing a web novel is something that I don't have to mentally slave over and can just have fun writing. Yeah, I think that'd be good. You know, you can get a good following of people, you know, Facebook, social media right now is just, it's exploding because of COVID, but there's so many different platforms out there now that, you know, it's not a blog anymore. It's, you know, you get a following and, you know, people hunger for those chapters, you know, they, each week or however you do it yeah and just like um starting the podcast and trying to get that up and running and being successful i figure that if i can get um that going maybe a patreon and do some streaming maybe i can make just enough to live off of until i you know have enough stuff that i can make a living off of by itself yeah that's totally possible there's a lot of podcasts out there that are D and D related or gaming related that make pretty hefty, um, you know, amount of money per month just mm -hmm. for our fantasy content. You know, nineteen eighties and seventies people thought D and D was taboo, and now it's, you know, it's a 
uh, you're surprised how many people on the famous side actually play Dungeons and Dragons and oh, yeah. and the movies. I I know that the um, the Avenger crew uh, they're playing a D and D game now. Uh, it's, it's quite a few people out there that are putting games together, and it's like, oh, I had no idea they played. And, yeah, well, think... even when we were playing in Job Corps, they didn't want us to do it because of some kids in Texas that got into some trouble playing. Yeah, that makes me think, oh, God, I can't remember their names, but they were I'm like, what are you talking about? We're, we're just having fun. We're fine, fine, <laughs> fine, fine. We're just like little gel mates with the dice. Like, is anybody watching? Okay, drop this. So, so I made character sheets uh, that said Yahtzee at the top. Yeah. And we called it Yahtzee. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We did. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. But now look at it. You know, it's such a big industry and uh, there's so much to do. I, I mean, you got a couple books out there and, you know, that's that's big. There's, you know, the podcast is doing all right. You know, any podcast can do better, but I mean, or, you know, be better, but we're, mm-hmm. we're getting it. You know, there's lots of opportunities in the future. Um, so get, getting back to the D&D, uh, what, what was your favorite D&D edition? Like, what's your favorite campaign style? I think fifth edition is probably my favorite right now because of its accessibility to everyone. It's way easier to teach and the character creation is probably half or a third of the time that it takes to make a decent character in third edition or Pathfinder. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially with uh, D&D Beyond. You can generate a character in like five minutes. Yeah, exactly. I I also like um, the idea that you can have more complex characters in things like 3rd edition and Pathfinder or 3.5. 3rd edition was kind of iffy yeah, <laughs> until no, 3.5 it was. came out. Definitely. Um, but I, I think that accessibility trumps that kind of depth unless you have a bunch of people that know the system and are willing to put the time in. Like I played a Pathfinder game a year or two ago and I was loving the character, but it was a summoner. And every time I leveled, I had to spend probably five or six hours just doing research and stuff to figure out what I needed to do to level that character up. Yeah, and that's... change the minions that i was spawning and stuff and that's a lot of work definitely i mean i you know i like fifth i grew up with first and second and they're they're complex i think fifth is pretty good there's a lot of content and you know they're releasing information about sixth edition and i'm like oh we're just learning about fifth and you're coming out the whole new system i think they're gonna stick with fifth for a while yeah, I think everything, I think COVID really set a lot of the companies back with releasing. Um, but I think they did, you know, D&D Beyond and uh, Roll20 um, is really big right now. And, you know, they're making the platforms a lot easier. You can run entire campaigns off Roll20 now that has your character sheet, all just a few clicks and your dice and all the information's there. And Um, I think they learned a lot from 3.5 also was that if you um, extend the time between books that you put out, you can make a lot more money off of it. 
if you have good quality books instead of just throwing things at the wall like they did in 3.5 where yeah like 40 books i felt 3.5 but you know the D D artwork you know it's it's supposed to be fantasy but i i felt like the 3.5 and even the three was very uh cartoonish you know made for a younger the you know really young crowd and i'm like oh, you know i'm used to the second edition hand-drawn like bloody you know uh illustrations and i felt like third really was more of like a kid and then once four and five took yeah. that a little harder yeah <laughs> yeah and then fifth you know fifth really came out with it pretty good and it looks nice and it's uh working out and you know one thing i like about fifth is that a lot of these you know you can make your own kickstarter and make your own fifth edition add-on books and you know the wizards of the coast are letting people make their own campaign uh books and publishing them they're just not marked as you know uh official content official content but yeah i think that's one of the first out of the D, D books or editions that they've allowed uh outside influences design content for the game which is pretty yeah, neat the, definitely the first time that they've done it without whining about it too much right they still yeah. have rules you have to follow and stuff but they're pretty open about what they allow people to do oh yeah when i when i started the podcast i did so much digging in just on what we can publish how we can publish there's so much that goes into it that i had no idea and i'm still learning as we go and yeah uh, a lot of green to be able to do it too yeah <laughs> and i'm just like oh i can't use that or oh man, I need to check these social medias to find out if anybody has this name before us because anything we publish, <laughs> they, it's Yeah, that's theirs. one thing I do when I'm looking for a book title. Um, I Google search it and like see if I can find anything that's like it. There was a couple of times where I was like, oh, I can't do that. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, the, you know, and our dragon that we use for, you know, our logos and stuff, that's just enough to be different that it's okay added a microphone for the tail there's no fire coming out of the mouth and yeah. it's still a dragon so i think you know that works as a an acceptable and uh that's not trademarked um, dungeons and dragons itself is not trademarked but the style that they have it in that's trademarked so you can use those two words you just can't do it the way they did it which is yeah the, interesting so. talking about complex systems though um my i think my favorite system is rifts from palladium yep uh, yep but it's like so complex and so much that you have to put into it that it's hard for me to get people to play it um, uh yeah they, they have an entire book for skills and it's, yeah. it's just it's it's a 400 pages and it's so intricate and cool i enjoy riffs there's actually a few make, yeah you can make such good characters though yeah that are so specific to what you want to do and the <laughs> skills to do the skills it's a lot i like their system way better oh, and every, everybody has psionics the magic isn't crazy you know there's just so many things you can do with it um there's a couple of um riffs or palladium Facebook groups out there that are putting together games. I think there's a guy I was talking to. Um, I think it was something Railgun 
is the name of his podcast, and I think they do a, a, a riffs um, related game. I'll have to look back at it. I don't know if he's on Twitch or if he's done it as a podcast. I'll have to look into it. I was watching it. one on YouTube for a little while, but I only got a couple episodes in. Yeah, I think and that might been that might have been where he's at. I know that there's a couple people out there that are doing Rifts games. I would love to start a Rifts game and might down the road once, you know, I get the a few more podcasts joining the network, I'll probably start a Rifts uh game yeah. or, you know, have something like that uh going on. Cause it is a good system. A lot of people don't know about it and Palladium took a pretty big hit in the late 90s yeah. um, early 2000s with with some internal stuff and so they almost yeah. disappeared yeah, yeah. Um, but they're still hanging in there they still got content coming out I believe yeah they make some questionable decisions about their content and like they wouldn't let people make character creators and stuff and I'm like really I guess yeah. D&D won't either unless you pay them money but true um yeah. Well, so in D and D, what what is your favorite class and race to play? Like when you're just when you're a player and you're just kicking back and you don't have to really do too much except for support the table. What what do you um, like to my do? My go to race is usually the human variant. Yeah. Um, but I can play just about any race or class. But um, just a nice human bard is probably my bard or sorcerer. It's probably my go-to character. Yeah. Um, I just love bards because they can be so over the top and entertaining. Yeah, uh, I found out today that at level 10, they can learn two spells from any other class. Cool. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> I was listening to this podcast and I was like, oh, oh man. In our, in our game, everybody's level 10 now. And I'm like, oh, our bard. She's gonna find out that she can learn spells from everybody. Lord Bard? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. She'll. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you huh. get some good spells that way. Yep, that's it, pretty unique. I like the Bard too. The Bard's pretty cool, and they they first came out in second edition, uh, but they weren't as cool, and no one really wanted to play them, and they kind of disappeared until I think four. They might have been three. Uh, there was some in third, but they weren't great. Yeah, I think fifth they really came out and set the standard for. Yeah, uh, fifth they're really good. They're full casters yeah. and it's entertaining. Yeah, I mean fifth edition, everybody can learn magic, which is crazy. But yeah, you know, it works. Barbarians. True. Well, um, no, you're right. Barbarians don't. Uh, yeah, I mean if you're a beast um and a totem warrior then you can have speak with animals and um, yeah you get some spells but not something but yeah um i thought i was gonna because i don't play martial characters very often yeah but i was like i'm gonna play a barbarian because i don't play barbarians and uh it's turned out to be pretty fun but halfway through i was like um okay this character is not really keeping up with everybody else so i'm gonna um use the interactions with the deck of many things to change him a little bit and um i'm gonna go half barbarian half sorcerer and kind of play with that yeah it's pretty neat i, I really like how everybody's kind of taken you know like give a lot of freedom within the game because again it's not about like 
my game it's the tables game and it's i'm always curious to see how people take their characters and what direction they go uh with their classes and and uh their race well for our game everybody starts as a, a human but if you guys start making characters in the next season which will be coming out in um february uh you can make a second character from you know the regular D D world um once you guys acquire Laura's house and that'll be your base of operations and then you guys can uh, make multiple characters and in case you want to try something different for a while nice. um, which is you know that's the interesting thing about being a dm and you're a dm yourself or what 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 are some of the things you do for your uh tables oh um <laughs> i'm usually i like to have um I guess I learned from you, so this is like things I took over, and uh, I like to have characters that are a little stronger than what the book says uh, you should be. I like to have people roll 4d6, um, re-roll ones, and re-roll twos once, um, and try and get decent numbers, but not, you know, you don't have to have anything too high. Um, yeah, because if... If people do roll max, though, I usually give them a bonus. Um, and I kind of like people to just have fun with it. And I can roll with whatever happens. And it's not necessarily about, for me, trying to kill the characters. I just want them to have fun in the world. And I'm just trying to give them enough of a challenge that they feel like it's dangerous, but you know, not unfair. Yeah, I, you know, I came up, you know, I had that idea uh, a long time ago when I was playing second because I was just getting tired of, of, I'm like, wait, in these books, you're supposed to be like an adventurer, a hero, you know, you're supposed, yeah, to, be you're like, supposed to be a hero. <laughs> you're supposed to be different, you know, you're supposed to be above the normal cut. And so I, when I first started, you know, DMing, I was like, oh, no, everybody should be just a little bit above the average cut because that's what you're supposed to do but you know first and second edition first edition you you can knock on the door wrong and you, your character dies and that's mm -hmm. what the book said it's like oh you roll on this table and you rolled a whatever it was uh it'll just say character dies <laughs> it's like oh, okay yeah you know uh well it's just one of those things and in second edition you know they made it a little bit more you had more control over it but again you like a wizard only had one d4 health um yeah. plus constitution uh so if you don't have a good dm and you roll a one and you don't have a constitution bonus literally someone sneezes on you and like that's the end of your you know character and it took a while to build a character back then too yeah which is funny because they you know they got the idea from things like lord of the rings and stuff and except for like boromir and a few other things these characters go through so much and are able to do yeah and then they're like oh yeah but if you're a wizard you don't have any hit points yeah and you only you had to learn you only got like one spell a day until you reach a certain yeah. level or two spells it was really ridiculous but i think those That's are some I of looked, the uh, cantrips was a great yeah. idea for wizards and stuff when they were like oh here here's some small magic that you can do whenever you want yeah like, i think yeah, that's that a good sense. that's a good twist because 
if you if you played the old editions and you could survive as a wizard i mean as a dm they you, you become a really good at stories and like you're always that one old guy in the back like my character is you know i went through so much you you know that kind of style and um you have to just be really creative on how you dealt with the situations that you put in and you know i always thought like oh man i don't want people to die and so that's why in our game you know i make it so that you don't have to make a new character after you die if you do um just because it's not fun uh, i played in a game an international game and i died game two uh my character died i spent so long making it and then uh three games later my other character died and i was like ah oh, crap yeah. uh you know and it was just poor dice rolls and uh that's one of those things that i you know as playing virtually you know i'm always honest with when I roll my dice as a player and a DM most of the time, but as a player, you know, if it happens, it happens. And um, it's just one of those things. I was like, oh, I'm not having my players ever have to go through making an entire <laughs> new character unless they want to. But and eventually we might have to. Well, yeah, I'm hoping uh, the, the this next zone, I have a whole plan for it. It's going to be a lot bigger, more structured. Uh, there's going to be a, a, an actual mission and stuff like that. And uh, you, but again, I want to give you guys the opportunity to make new characters and you can bring your other characters, or if you want to go do something specific, um, that's one of those things that'll occur down the road. Yeah, that was one of my, like, I, I love that you put it in a video game world so that we could do that. But when I was making Jason, I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to, try and make this character so it's as hard for him to die as possible <laughs> yeah but i mean you i mean you're doing great i mean everybody in the in the cast is doing good um you know getting good feedback about the character or you know the character uh creation and the whole theory behind behind how we structured the game itself and it's interesting and you know there's there's way more to it. I just, you know, again, after 10 pages, I'm like, ah, fuck it. You know, yeah. <laughs> if well, I could write a book on it, I would. are fun to like, you know, roll out a little bit at a time and have the characters figure out as they go. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I have a 56 page script of, of, uh, of a story cast of before going into the game, but I just haven't had the time to like fully edit it and send it out to people to read and then yeah. publish it on the thing. But one day, be fun to hear sometime. yeah, that, it, it'll be nice. I'll probably send you the script so you can take a gander if I can find it. I mean, it's, it's a 22,000 words. I think that was the most I've ever yeah, that's pretty uh, nifty. written besides for the master's program, but yeah. Um, do to do D and D. Do you have any questions for uh, for me about anything? Um, shit, put me on the spot. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess um, I never asked what it was like um, when we first got together to play D and what you thought of me and the games and stuff. Oh, you know, 
I can barely remember two years ago, but uh, it was good to be at a new table with, with people. I mean, we, I think me and you were the only consistent people. And I think, yeah, that's we, true. Uh, I think we had some sessions where it was just me and you and I mean, we made it work, but yep. you know, that's the fun of D and D you can play with two people. Now if you play one person. That's not fun at all. That's like, that's insane. But you know, just those days of just sitting around, not having anything to do, and you can sit there and hang out with a friend and and tell a story and have an interactive story. Basically, it's like playing video games without console. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I I was pretty you know I was like, all right, new group. It was uh, interesting concepts, and we joined someone else's game. You know, everybody's structured a little bit differently on how they run them. Uh, I think he had a lot of story a lot of extra stuff but you know that's just the way it goes and you know i like being a player too and i played in some of your games and yeah i, I had a pretty rounded time and i always learn everything from all my players or the dms that i play with you know you always want to find those good good attributes and use yeah. those down the line yeah, that's um, one thing i've noticed is that i take and give a lot of things uh, from other people that I play with. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's... When I started at the university, um, one, my roommate was like, oh, hey, I met all these gamers that are, you know, doing this thing, and they have a club, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll meet them, and uh, I got into a game that they were doing. I think it was Shadowrun at the time. Um, and the gaming group at the time, they were only meeting for club-like stuff like once a month, and they only had one game going, and <laughs> it was just not a very, like, well-put-together thing. So, like, the third semester I was there, I ended up being in charge because there was a kerfuffle with the guy that was running it. Yeah. Uh, and I made it so that we met every week and that we organized, like, as many games as we could at the height of the club uh, when I was running it we were doing like five games a week nice and so I was like yeah if you're gonna game game but like I made sure that everybody knew that school came first um, and you needed to have your stuff done um, but uh, I learned so much from those people because they were like everybody was different um, you get people that are like very introverted and you try and pull them out of that through gaming and it's fun to watch them learn how to explore that space and figure out that they don't have to feel as uh, worried about looking silly or you know doing role playing because everybody's silly and it's a fun thing to do yeah no i totally agree you know there's <clears throat> it's it's not only just a you know gaming and sitting around with your friends but it's also one of those experiences like with people that aren't you know comfortable with, with interacting with other people that's like a good plat platform for them to mm -hmm. spread their wings a little bit and i think there's a lot of helpful tools that come out of not necessarily just playing a hardcore D, &D game but just the the storytelling and the interactive you know story part of it yeah and i uh, love hearing about like people that are using it to uh, help people with autism make 
uh, empathy a little bit more and you know people in prisons that are using it to try to get uh, people to develop those same skills and it's just an amazing little platform that is growing to this thing that is going to be part of society in a way that people didn't realize it should be before yeah it's quite a this you know since 1970s to now i think it's made a huge transformation and it's really made a huge impact um at least in the gaming tabletop video game gaming you know industry world you know a lot of the foundations for these games are D D related um which is great at least i think so um yeah cool well thanks for joining us uh and uh, obviously we're gonna see you on the uh, podcast but thanks for being the first uh, interviewee for maximum role uh entertainment podcast and no thanks for having me yep uh oh yeah is there any plugs you want to throw in like oh, where people um, can find you just um uh, if you want to try my books out they're on amazon uh, Heritage of the Blood series. Uh, Victor Diaz is the first book. Uh, Brentley Marquis is my publishing name. Uh, so by that same token, uh, BrentleyMarquis at gmail.com is my best place to get a hold of me. Um, also at Brentley Marquis is my Twitter handle, and I barely ever use that, but it exists. I hate Twitter. <laughs> Someday I'll get used to it, probably, but yeah. I haven't had to use it much yet. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, all of your your um, socials, social media stuff will be put in the show notes. And again, thank you for joining us. 